Welcome to the podcast, Earning Admission, with your host, Greg Kaplan, preparing teens for college, life, and career by helping them craft their bright future. This podcast series is for parents who feel lost and scared in the admission process and are looking for expert advice on how to prepare their kids with less stress. Greg is the author of the best-selling book, Earning Admission, available on Amazon and also at earningadmission.com, as well as the new free prep app artists available on iTunes and Google Play with weekly prompts specific to your students' goals. Learn more at artistscollege.com. Welcome, listener. I'm Greg Kaplan, and today we are going to be talking about a recent bombshell development in the college admissions world. We were planning on talking about how to prepare for 11th grade this week, but first, we need to address this bombshell and provide families with ways to manage. So, like I said, I'm Greg Kaplan, and I'm joined with my co-host, Becky Harrington. Hi. And I am the author of Earning Admission, Real Strategies for Getting into Highly Selective Colleges. And I'm also the founder of Artists, which is the first app that provides weekly college admissions advice that is tailored to a student's interests, activities, and goals. So... Uh, we are here today to talk about what the college board has termed the adversity score. And Becky, have you ever even heard of this? Up I until am so today? excited. Greg sent me a blog post that we're publishing on Monday for this too. And I was like, oh no, something else has changed. I can't wait to hear about what we're going to talk about today. But just the word adversity already has me on edge. Like I'm stressed out. Like I've got hair growing on the back of my neck. I'm not even applying for college. And this already sounds really bad. So it's going to be a good discussion today. Yeah. So um, what is this score? And this was broken by the Wall Street Journal late last week. And I cannot tell you the number of emails I got from concerned parents and text messages from concerned students. And so let's just dive right into it. So the adversity score is something that is new. It's created by the College Board, which is the organization that administers the SAT and the subject test. Okay. So there's two college entrance exams. One's the SAT and the other's the ACT. This applies to the SAT. And in addition to getting your score, which is out of uh, 400 to 1600 points, they're also adding a separate score. So this doesn't actually change that score, but this is in addition to it. And it's uh, scaled from one to 100 to measure the socioeconomic challenges you or your child are supposedly facing in high school. Okay, so socioeconomic challenges. So basically what we're saying is that like, it's giving me a score on how poor my family is? Uh, Yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. It's not just about wealth. So there are numerous factors that come into this, but it is trying to get to, do you have an advantage in high school to navigate this process? So wealth, um, do you, Uh, the poverty rate in your community, uh, the number of foreclosures in your community, the percentage of homeowners in your community, parents' education levels. Uh, Are your parents divorced? Uh, Or are you divorced, I should say? Um, Is is the family that are the parents? So all these factors that are allegedly supposed to be capturing whether or not your child have, has any advantages applying to college. And 
This is a score that they do not share with the test taker. So this is just shipped directly to the university and it's included in your score report. And uh, wow. yeah, it's. Wow. I mean, I, so, so this is just, I mean, so how, first of all, like why, where did this, this new law come from? So it's, it's not a law and this is the college board this was out of their own uh, volition. The ACT has chosen not to implement this yet, and they actually did respond with an indication that they have no plans to do this. So this has been in the works for quite some time. It, the timing is somewhat interesting, given that uh, it comes on the heels of Operation Varsity Blues, which has implicated Lori Loughlin, Felicity Huffman, this pay-to-play cheating yep. scandal. So uh, this has been beta tested for the last year, and the College Board, like a lot of us in this world, want to see a diverse, you know, representation of American youth and youth in general at colleges. Like the, everyone wants the same thing. We want college to be open to all. This shouldn't be something that you have to pay millions of dollars to, you know, bribe your kids way in. But this is um, like, we can all recognize that, you know, for some families, this is a harder process to manage if no one's done it before. But my concern with this is that there are plenty of folks out there that are in the middle class who either parent or both parents did not go to college, or we can all recognize that even if you went to Harvard 40 years ago, this process has changed so much that it's a completely different animal that no one's really equipped to apply to college today. And I think that's why there's so much anxiety. And that's why people, you know, that's why we built artists. That's why I wrote my book. That's why I work with students. And so this is the idea that, hey, for some, it's harder than others. Uh, if you're, you know, Aunt Becky on Full House, you can just, you know, you know, Photoshop your kids' faces onto crew boats. But for most of us, that's not an option. And, and that's, and we get that. Um, this is them trying to level the playing field. But it's this college counselor's perspective that it comes at the expense of pretty much everyone's stuck in the middle of, you know, I'm not destitute, but I'm also not able to make bribes so for everyone in the middle which I, that would have been me growing up I guess that would have been you growing up too Becky is that we're getting these scores that I don't think have any um I, I don't know what that adversity score would say about me or how hard I had to work to accomplish the things that I wanted to, to achieve so a couple of things that come to mind so is this score meant to help me if I've had lots of adversity or hinder me if I've had lots of adversity? It's supposed to help. So on a scale of 1 to 100, uh, 100 would be, uh, you know, there's, you have not just a silver spoon for your mouth, but a collection of them. Uh, one being, gosh, this has been a challenging upbringing. The more adversity you have faced, it's supposed to provide context for them to understand an applicant's achievements. So if the SAT score isn't as high, and there's a very, um, there's a score that suggests a lot of adversity. It's supposed to provide context to an admissions officer to make it easier, I, I suppose, to get into college is how I would frame it. I guess I have a couple of things. I mean, we, we in the last few years, Angela Duckworth's work on grit um, has really shown us that some of the strongest people who stand up um, and have the most perseverance in life are actually the ones who have been through the most pain. Um, and so there was, you know, there was a direct correlation that pain meant grit. Um, and 
so when we look at a diversity score, if you've got somebody who's still it doesn't mean they don't have to achieve the top grades, right? It's not like, oh, well, they have a high adversity score, so they don't have to get grades or get test scores. But what it does show the applicant is, wow, they've got the grades, they've got the test scores, they have the activities, and, um, and they're demonstrating purpose. And also, wow, they've been through a lot. I mean, is that how it would be used? In theory, yes, but what happens if you're living in a slightly better part of town and you've been through all that, those challenges as well, and that score doesn't reflect it because grit, uh, the ability to overcome, isn't just a wealth factor. You could, mm -hmm. There are plenty of students that grow up in a somewhat more comfortable environment Definitely. but have to overcome other stuff. So I think this is one of those things that's overly broad and under-inclusive that... Yeah, it would have to include things like leukemia. Like you may grow up in a great home with two parents who loved each other and never got divorced and you you battled leukemia as a child or you had um, you know, a significant event that happened that... Ha are they going to score those things too? Those, All of those things would have to be included. Exactly. And they're not. And that's why this gives me a lot of heartburn because... If it's simply based on the socioeconomic, um, you know, conditions of a community, you know, I grew up in a community that we had to stretch to be in. And there are plenty of folks here in California that will move mountains to get their kids into the right school district. And then it only ends up, uh, you know, coming back to bite them in the butt with a score. <laughs> And, uh, that, and that, that's my concern is that it, it's not a true representation of adversity because adversity extends beyond wealth and it extends beyond home ownership rates in a community or um, any other factors that are strictly based on economics or whether a parent went to college or not. Um, I think there are plenty of parents out there who may just be so unfamiliar with this because they went to a different type of school with, with a different type of application process. Yeah. Uh, I was in my office yesterday and a mom admitted I went to uh, the type of four-year university where you literally just sent in your grades and test scores. And this process with essays, with community service is completely foreign to her. And, and that makes sense. So, I mean, is this all coming down from the school systems uh, as a response to what has been happening in the media? Is that where this is coming from? Has this been in the works for a while? And they're just, you know, it's just the timing happens to be the same. I mean, what is your opinion about why this, why now? You know, it's interesting. So in the article in the Wall Street Journal uh, that broke the story, it talked about how the college board had been beta testing this program with a score for over a year. So I think this has been in the works for a while. The timing, it just, it couldn't be uh, more coincidental. Yeah. Given what happened with uh, this bribery scandal. The, uh, the really interesting thing about the story though, was that you had the Dean of Admissions from Yale University gushing how they were part of the pilot that with mm. this score, that now 20% of the incoming class at Yale uh, is coming from one of these, what they call challenging backgrounds. So on a socioeconomic sta status level. So first, to, first in the family to go to college, uh, tough, tougher economic conditions. And when we think and we say, wow, a school like Yale, storied, um, it's great that they're opening their doors to uh, populations that, you know, may not ever conceive that Yale's in their future. But I, I think let's go one little step further and recognize what does that mean for the application process? So at a school like Yale, which has about 1,200 kids in a class, 
the first 400 are going to recruited athletes. So the volleyball players, the football players, kids that can compete. So that's a third of the class at a school like Yale automatically going to athletes. Um, and just as another plug, because we've talked about this, folks, if you're, uh, you the listener, if you're listening to this, playing a sport does not mean your kid's going to Yale. It's a 6% of high school recruited athletes uh, end up playing in college. So it's, it's, it's not that simple. But uh, the next 400, so the next third of the class are going to the mega legacies, uh, families that write seven-figure checks to get their kids in. So we're down to one-third of the class at Yale. And what they're saying is if 20% of the class is coming from these backgrounds, that means it's two-thirds of, call it the normal pool, the kids that aren't paying for their way to get into Yale or playing a sport to get into Yale. Uh, That means the normal folks, like the folks like you or I, Becky, applying, there's almost no spots left for us because there's such a push to include students that come from these much more challenged backgrounds. And so that's my concern is that at a lot of these schools that, you know, our kids dream of going, or we have dreams for our kids going is that this score is a way for them to exclude everyone that had an upbringing like you or I in this process, which wasn't, you know, lavish by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it also, you know, we didn't have bars on our window growing up either. And that's, I guess, my concern is that are we just going to be labeling students on whether they can play a sport, can they buy a building, or are they growing up in a community that we're like, gosh, like they need a little extra help. And that's what scares me about this. Well, and it's going to be an interesting, um, it's going to be interesting to see how those students feel about mixing together. They grew up in such different places. They probably come in with different like financial situations as well meaning you know so 20 percent of the kids at Yale are you know scraping by on you know uh you know beans and rice and (laughs) ramen and cup of noodles and the other are driving you know Lexuses and living off of trust funds and you know I know you experienced a little bit of that when you went to college just how unprepared you were for the difference in the socioeconomic um, differences and just what they had versus what you had to work so hard for all the time and just that no one really prepares you for that. And so we're just deepening that divide. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's going to be even harder thing. Um, It'll be interesting to see what goes down the pipeline. But the reality is we can fight against this all we want. And at the end of the day, it is here, right? It's a, it's a thing. It's happening. If we want to fight against it, then write your congressman. <laughs> Tell them you think it's unfair. Take the actions that you need to. But in the meantime, Greg, you have some suggestions on what students who are going to be applying for colleges in the coming months um, should be aware of on their applications. Sure. So what I've advised every family that I work with, and I'm advising every listener today, at whatever point you listen to this, is first... Uh, Do not include any parental or family income in any part of the test registrations or application forms that may be, uh, that for lack of a better word, may not be beneficial. So uh, if you're concerned that my income is remarkably middle class, but it doesn't look like it would help me for uh, this adversity scores, don't include it. A lot of the family background information I tell students to not include in these forms. So there's a huge uh, 
concern in the Asian community that uh, being Asian in this process makes it harder. I tell my Asian applicants to not check that box. Now this is coming out of socioeconomic status. Is if you're concerned that your house, the address, whatever family income, parental education, if it can be used against you, don't include it. You don't, if you're, you're a physician or your spouse is a physician or a lawyer, some of these call it prestige positions that tend to, you know, be paid above average in the American economy. Uh, you don't have to include that information. You can decline to state. So um, any information that you're not comfortable sharing, uh, don't share. If your work address is in a, call it less favorable part of town where it's maybe uh, more industrial or um, is you can also, you don't have to use the home address. Like your mailing address doesn't have to be the house. So uh, just be mindful of what's going on and, and what things can you share or, or choose not to share that can help. The second is um, consider taking the ACT. The ACT is uh, the other college admissions exam that's become actually more popular than the SAT. 80% uh, of students have a clear-cut preference for one test over another. I would say here in California, we're on Common Core. More of my students take the ACT than the SAT. I, uh, and I speak with a lot of SAT and ACT tutors out there. And I think the consensus is that the ACT is a more straightforward test. And for many students, it is an, a test that is easier to do well on. That doesn't mean it's the right test for your child, but um, first figure out if which test is right for your child. And if all things are equal, consider taking the ACT. We've had a ton of podcasts uh, discussing testing because it's probably the biggest source of anxiety. This is just one more layer of anxiety to add to it now, but consider taking the ACT. The third is what I tell every one of my students about every part of this process, which is you want to stay positive and focus on what you can control in this process. This process rewards those who stay in their lane and do what they can to stand out and earn admission and to not get bogged down by the millions of different things that are unfair, that are, and they're just like, we can't do anything about it. So, if, you, if a school like Yale wants to have two thirds of the normal applicants come from certain backgrounds, that's not something we can change. Like Becky said, you can write your congressperson or demand some kind of change, but don't rail against the system. Do your best and uh, let's kind of go from there. So the last thing as always is artists was designed to help you. We designed artists to help you stay organized in the college admission process to give you the information that you need to put you a step above in the process so that um, you don't have to have stress about what's going on, so that you don't have to nag your kids about what's going on, um, so that everyone in the family is on the same page and that they know what the goal is that they're working towards. So make sure you download the Artist College app. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Um, and also just, you know, it, we enjoyed our little break, but we're going back to high school next week. Uh, we're going to be entering into 11th grade, uh, but we really thought it was important that we tackle this topic this week because it's so relevant and a lot of people are freaking out. Um, so we're here for you. So come and join us next week. We're going to be talking about 11th grade, what you need to know to navigate 11th grade and set yourself up for success in the application process. Um, 
you can always learn so much about what we talk about on artistcollege.com by clicking on the or by clicking on the description of whatever um, application you're using to um, listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is the Earning Admission Podcast with Greg Kaplan, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.